We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He trailed by 16 of the first half. Defeat the Knicks, 104-96. Jordan looks pleased. Coming away with the victory. Okay. Man, this team's not in a great place right now. A couple of players are in a pretty good place. This team's not in a great place right now. Uh, All right, Knicks lose 104-96. I said at halftime. For anybody here who was on the Zoom, that I'd be shocked if the Hornets did not score 60 points uh, after the half. And I was off by two. They scored 58 points after the half. Um, You knew the offense was going to come around. You knew that uh, the terrible uh, three-point shooting for Charlotte was not going to continue. Um. And, yeah, the offense came around. Nobody from Charlotte had a particularly great game, um, which is what makes this loss pretty frustrating. Although, when you're alleged – big air quote energy there. When you're alleged uh, two best players go five for 24 from the field, um, one of seven from behind the arc, and for good measure – um, Barrett didn't get to the line. So one for four from, from the free throw line. Um, that's not exactly a great sign. <sighs> Let me start with the, at the end with the decisions by Thibodeau. Uh, so obviously after the last game where the bench guys kind of ran out of gas, it seemed like he was trying to toe the line here, leaving a couple bench guys, bring in a couple starters. My instinct when each move happened, the only move that I really, in the moment, I was surprised. I, when Rose came out, I was a little surprised, but then you kind of have to put Kemba back in there. Can't take quickly out. Rose, Kemba quickly, a little small. And that said, I might have thought about it. That's in retrospect, that's probably the way you had to go. Um, I didn't mind Randall coming back in. I mean, look, I'm, I'm at this point, I, I, I planted my flag on Julius Randall um, Hill, and I guess I'm going to go down with the ship. Um, he played terribly tonight. He was bad. Um, 
played a good first quarter. Thought his first quarter, he was trying to get other people involved. He was trying to, you know, let's see how the offense runs through Kemba. And then from that point forward, he's like, all right, time to get mine. And, um, you know, there were a few nice passes. I'm, I'm sure his defense was – I honestly don't even know. But uh, just couldn't make a shot. And when you're uh, an all-star and an all-NBA player, an MVP candidate, um, got to make shots. That's why you get all those designations. He didn't make any shots, and he took some bad ones. That said, couldn't even hate on them putting him back in that much. The only move that I really questioned at the time as it was happening was putting Barrett back in the game. Um, R.J. Barrett's going to be fine. R.J. Barrett's going to be a really good player. He was the Knicks' best player probably through the first whatever it was, uh, seven or so games, eight games, seven, eight games, whatever it was. He's in a terrible place right now. He's in a terrible way on both ends of the court, um, putting up just some not great shots. Nothing's falling. Uh, more nothing's falling than putting up bad shots. And on defense, I swear, I, I think he might have been the Knicks' worst defender tonight. I would have to really go back and watch. Um, you know, Obi had some not lovely moments on D, but he also – Obi makes up for them because he also – has some great moments on D where he makes splash plays and uh, he's just all over the place. He's an energizer bunny. And if he makes a mistake, he's going to more than make up for it with how, with how uh, unnerving of a presence he is on that end of the court. RJ's just, he's, he's just not good on defense right now. He's jumping, he's out of position. He's not hanging with guys. Um, although obviously the defensive uh, non play of the game was uh, Julius not being able to stop Miles Bridges tonight, who absolutely ate Julius Randle's lunch. Um, Miles Bridges was – I don't know who your Miles Bridges comp is. Is he more Julius? Is he more RJ in your eyes? Whatever it is, um, he ate both of those guys. Those guys' lunch today. He was the Hornets' best player. Um, you know, this is New York, so of course I'm going to start with the bad – there was some good. Emmanuel quickly only ended up three of seven from the field or three of eight from the field, three of seven from deep. I don't care. Uh, they would have gotten blown out in that game had it not been for Emmanuel quickly. He was once again the most impactful player on the floor. Um, he won't get any uh, love from anybody because he never gets anybody any love from anybody. But Alec Burks, also astounding game, wonderful game. Uh, that's why you don't bury uh, Alec Burks at the end of the bench if he starts off slowly. Guy's a good player. Guy's come up, guy comes up big, has ice water in his veins. Doesn't matter. First quarter, fourth quarter, close game, blowout, whatever. Alec Burks is always going to be consistent. He's a good player. He was incredibly helpful for the Knicks. Made a lot of interest, uh, good, good plays. Missed that little 10-footer, which obviously came back to bite him in the ass. And then Derrick Rose. I mean, what, what more can you say about Derrick Rose? Um, he may find himself first in the league and plus minus after tonight. And, uh, boy, is that not a misprint at all. He is – I mean, in case there's any question about whether he's getting in the Hall of Fame, this last act of his career is is solidifying that. But, you know, this this right now, and I obviously didn't talk about Kemba's first quarter, wonderful first quarter from Kemba, came out. That's the Kemba of old for the most part. You know, but where do you go from there? And it's like they've kind of tried to half-ass what they were doing in the first quarter anytime the starters were in the rest of the game. Obviously, they lost the game in the beginning of the third quarter when they couldn't figure out what the fuck they wanted to do on offense. And that's what really this team is right now. If you're going to sum up this team in a sentence, it's a team that aside from the bench players who obviously are playing with a cohesion and a, a verve and an energy that 
you know, you could you just don't see very often amongst any team in the NBA. The, the, the starters for the Knicks are just they're trying to figure out who the hell they are. I don't they don't really know at the moment. And they have fits and starts and like Julius Randle will have a fourth quarter against Philly and Kemba Walker will have a first quarter against his old team. And they'll have, you know, moments where they have a player, a couple of plays and they look coherent, but they don't know what they're doing right now. They don't know whose team it is. They don't know who the offense should go through right now. They are searching and um, it is not pretty. And uh, if you are searching and you don't have a coherent plan and you don't know what you want to do, um, NBA teams, doesn't matter who you play, and the Hornets are a decent team, NBA teams will take advantage of that. And the Hornets took full advantage in the third quarter because they're a decent team in their home, good crowd, half Nick fans, but the Hornets fans that were there were loud. So good for them. Um, you know, and then the worst part of it is, you know, the, here's the thing. This team, and then I'll get to the Super Chats after this. This team was not a great offensive team last year. They ranked 24th in the NBA in that category for a reason. And they went through periods where they could not throw the ball in the ocean from the beach. But they knew who they were. And granted, what they were was a team that dumped the ball into Julius Randle and then made plays off of it. And that was a limited team. But they knew who they were, and they knew how to get back to that when they needed to. And then once they got Derrick Rose... They were a team that knew what it was on the, in the starters and they knew what it was in, on the bench. And that worked for them. And the, and the reason why it worked for them was no matter whether the ball was going in the hoop or not going in the hoop, they stuck to the plan and they played their ass off on defense at all times. And this game was lost, obviously, in the third quarter when until the subs came in, the Knicks just let their offensive futility, as has been the case all year long with the starters, infect what they're doing on the defensive end. And we saw, by the way, in the first quarter, yes, I, I, that's what I hate. We, I hope we could finally put to bed this very stupid conversation about, is it the Knicks scheme? Is it Thibodeau's scheme? It's not the scheme. If it was the scheme, then the, the, the bench players wouldn't collectively have the best defensive rating, what would be the best defensive rating and perform like they meant it on defense. And that's why the Hornets only had whatever they had, 18 points in the first quarter. The scheme could work if you execute it properly and you give it the commensurate amount of effort. Um, when their offense starts going bad, they stop giving it the commensurate amount of effort. And that's what bites them in the ass. And they can't, they do not have the talent to overcome that. Um, I think that's all I want to say about this game. I really don't have anything else to say other than that. Emmanuel quickly is amazing. Uh, nice dunk by, by Obi Toppin, although <laughs> the, the things didn't go so well after it. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's get to the super chat. Uh, Drew P. We have no paint presence, so they just guard the three. Um, oh, so we're going we're gonna to blame this one on the fact that we don't. Oh, you know what? That's, I mean, look, I thought one of the nicest things they did in the first quarter is they were making a real effort to get the ball to Mitchell Robinson down low. And I thought for the most part, it was effective. Um, Mitchell Robinson's really tall. He could jump really high. His hands are okay. Would you like them to have a better center? Yeah, of course. I'd love for them to have a better center. I'd love, I mean, that'd be great, but um, you know, there aren't that many, you know, Joel Embiid's and, and uh, Jonas Valanciunas's and it's a dying breed. Really. There's not that many of these guys out there left. Um, so you make do with a lob threat and, uh, Mitch hasn't caught many lobs recently because I don't think Mitch is right physically. And, um, I, it, it that showed tonight, uh, Joe Dugan, we're obviously going to lose OB and IQ doing this. Uh, how are we going to lose OB and IQ doing, doing what playing starters, starters minutes and playing subs, subs minutes. 
Um, obvious numbers eyes, they're better than Kemba and, and JR, yet buried on the bench. Tom Thibodeau prioritizing egos over winning. Uh, I was told by my producer not to call anyone stupid today, so I'm not going to do that. All I will say is that Julius Randle, this is his eighth year in the NBA. Um, he's gotten better every single year. Last season, he was an all-NBA player. He was an MVP candidate, and he was an all-star. Uh, Kemba Walker has been an all-star four times. He came out in the first quarter and played better in that quarter than pretty much any Nick has played all season. Um, Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin have played as well as you can play coming in and, and looking really good against opposing teams' backups. And they do what they do very well. I think Emmanuel Quickly has a case long-term to be a guy who could probably start some games for you. I'm not sure at what position. But the notion that you are going to lose two second-year players because you're not starting them over um, guys that have been in MVP conversations throughout their career is something that, again, going to choose my words carefully here, um, I will politely disagree with. Tom Thibodeau does not give two shits about egos. Tom Thibodeau cares about one thing and one thing only, and that's winning basketball games. Uh, he cares not for anybody's feelings. Um, and I think he's been accused of that in the past by one Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he's just trying to win. And uh, you, when you are a head coach, you cannot always just look at the most recent evidence. It is on you to look at the body of evidence. Um, and that body of evidence goes back uh, longer than um, a couple weeks. Uh, Daniel Chang, either we run offense through Randall, RJ, or Kemba. Um, they all need the ball in their hands to thrive. Two of them need to adjust. Who is it? Yeah, I think that's a very fair comment. Um, I mean, and the, and, the, and the so it's weird because the evidence with Kemba is that he cannot adjust very well to being the second or third guy, and we have two years of evidence of Boston to show that. With Randall, we actually have seen him be not the, the focus when he was before he came to the Knicks. But even then, he was accused of being a bit of a black hole. RJ, again, a guy that's always had the ball in his hands. Um, it's a fair comment. Um, I don't know if they can adjust. I don't know what will it look like a month or two months or three months from now. I hope it looks better. I'm certainly not willing to pl pull the plug on, on whether those players can play together after – uh, after 13 games. Um, but I agree if you're going to pinpoint one main concern for the Knicks right now, I, I do think that would uh, that would be uh, number one. Uh, Anthony Sixto, uh, we see what is done to slow Randall, but am I seeing anything they do to take away anything else? Earlier this season, we saw a nice pick and roll dribble handoff game between Fournier and Randall that has just gone away. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. Maybe it was the first few games of the season and, and those games came against a Celtic team that I don't know if we should draw any conclusions from that game. And then they played the magic twice, you know, um, there were probably, there were some other moments for sure. There was definitely some dribble handoff stuff with Fournier. I would like them to go back to that. What I, what I think we're seeing again, my very rudimentary set of eyes on this is <laughs> This is the problem with the fact that their offense essentially was Julius Randle last year. So if you nullify Julius Randle, which Julius Randle is either being nullified or is nullifying himself right now or both because he's just – he's not very – not making shots at the moment. Um, 
Where does that leave you? Doesn't leave you any place good. Um, I mean, he, again, that's why I, I thought he played well in the first quarter because I thought he was drawing attention and he was making the right plays. I thought in the last game, he, I, I went back and watched the tape. He was, anytime he drew a double, he was, he made the right pass. Um, <coughs> I, you know, he's trying to figure it out. I, I don't, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. I don't know if he's a good enough player to figure it out. I hope he is. Um, but I do think, you know, you do have to give him a little bit more leeway because of what he did last year. I think that buys you a lot of currency. Um, CT Pittman, what's going on, CTP? CT, I hope you had a, a, a good time despite the loss at the arena tonight. Uh, it was still a good game being here at the stadium. Glad to hear it. Uh, we brought plenty of energy. At one point, Knicks fans were screaming, let's go Knicks over the Hornets fans. Yeah, we heard it uh, from the TV. Definitely heard it from the TV. So um, glad you were there to be a member of that that crowd and support us. Uh, Knicks fans travel well, that's for sure. Jonathan Chevrolet. Chevrolet? Chevrolet. Who would you bench in the starting lineup? And what rooks do you want to see? The energy of the starting unit versus the bench is night and day. Yeah, um, Oh man, uh, I mean, this is not going to be a popular answer, but I, I'd like, I'd like the team to. I just, I just like them to play better. The the thing is, like, we've seen moments from R.J. Barrett this year in which he looked awesome. We've seen moments from Julius Randle this year in which he's looked awesome. We saw a moment finally from Kemba Walker tonight in which he looked awesome, and we even saw some moments from from Evan Fournier way back when, the first game of the season, where he looked awesome. All of these guys have looked awesome at times. They have not looked awesome together. So when the question comes, who do I want to bench? It's like, I don't really know the answer to that question. Like the the guy, like Derek Rose clearly likes coming off the bench. I like Derek Rose coming off the bench. That's a great role for him. He doesn't really mesh well with, with, with Julius. I don't love them two together. I think Kemba and Julius have better odds of meshing well together. I thought they meshed well together again in the first quarter. I think maybe that's something to build on. Um, I don't think you bench anyone right now. As far as the rookie, I don't, I don't – like, there's this fascination that, like, Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride are, are the answers to what ails this team. And I, I'm sorry, I, I, I cannot I cannot get there uh, yet. I think they're both going to be good players. I'm really excited about Grimes. But I just – I think they got the right ten guys. I just – you know – have to play better, have to play better together. Um, Ed Paula, Tibbs takes way too long to make a sub. Team, again, came out lethargic and played the same five, nine straight minutes. That's just unacceptable. Um, yeah, it's a probably a fair comment. Um, yeah, it's probably a fair comment. The problem is, the, like, who's his first sub usually? His first sub usually is, is Rose, and Kemba was having the best game of anybody on the floor. Um, do you know you, you, but look, I, I, I defend Tibbs a lot. He probably late, late to pull the trigger. And I'm sure he would admit that at this point, hindsight being what it is. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, forgotten NYC. Um, I absolutely love the decision to bring Julius back in completely backfiring on Tibbs. I get you kind of had to put him in, but that juice stretch was bad. Um, I don't know why you loved it because it contributed to them losing the game. Um, 
Yes, the juice stretch was bad. Juice, juice got worse as the game went on. Um, I just <clears throat> this organization has invested a hundred and whatever it is, forty million dollars in Julius Randle. Um, I think I think you got to work through the bumps with him. I know he doesn't have the currency of some of the league's stars, but um, I am willing to give him more time. I'm probably in the minority on that one, but I am willing to give him more time, mostly because whatever version of this team is exceeding or at least meeting expectations this year, Julius Randle is playing good basketball uh, for that team, and they need to get him right. And maybe part of getting him right will be him figuring out like on his own, like shit, this isn't working. I need to adjust. Uh, at the same time, I think Julius Randall thinks of himself as one of the best players in the NBA. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Is this going to get worse before it gets better? I can't answer that question. I, I certainly don't blame anybody for being frustrated with Julius Randall. I'm frustrated with Julius Randall. Um, but I also, know what he did last year and I know what he, he meant to the franchise and I'm, I'm not, I'm not willing to, to toss that away uh, quite yet. Matt G not going to pretend uh, like I coach better than Tibbs, but as a fan, my heart sank when the starters came back in during the fourth. Yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think all of ours did uh, to a certain extent. I mean, look, he left a couple of them out there. Um, I mean, the one that kills you is Kemba for Rose because Rose, you know, you know, from game one to game, whatever it is, 13 now, Derek Rose has been the best player on the team um, pretty clearly. So, you know, you want your best player on the floor when you, when you close the game. Uh, he was certainly generating offense, you know, with those couple of little runners. Uh, yeah. No, it's fair. More than more than fair. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, taxi driver. Nice, uh, nice, um, what is that called again? Avatar? Yeah. <coughs> the starters have been horrible for more than five games. Yeah, it's been... Uh, seven, maybe panic time, question mark. Uh, also FYI, this Knicks starting lineup has the worst defensive rating in NBA history. Yes, I know. I, I quoted the stat myself today in, in my newsletter. Uh, so I am aware of that. And, uh, not only does it have the worst defensive rating, uh, what would be the worst defensive rating in NBA history. If you look at it just since the first five games, so the last seven or eight games now, sorry, since the first six, so the last, last eight games, seven games, um, it is. Even worse. Uh, I'm not sure. It'll actually probably go down tonight because they they did defend well for for a quarter. Um, no, but they've been they've been abysmal. They and they again. It's they're letting their offense. It's been either letting their bad offense um, infect their defense, or when they have really had it rolling in the beginning of the year, they sometimes just relaxed um, on defense because they they had a big lead. That's not good either. Um, they just it's been bad. Uh, is it time to panic? Um, no, it's not. It's not time to panic for me, you know, because look, they're seven and six. They have three games coming up at home, all winnable games. Two of them they absolutely should win. This Pacer game might be a little dicey. Um, and they need it does take time. I know Tibbs said what he said after the last game. I do think it takes a little bit of time. I think they're finding themselves. It's a frustrating process. It shouldn't – you wish it didn't take this long. Um, but I'm not panicking yet. I'm not I'm not panicking yet. Um, uh, we'll get uh, – Ryan Huang, there was a, a apparently a super chat before we logged on. Thank you, Andrew. Um, oops. Um, starting to petition to have NBA games be 24-minute halves uh, so we don't have to watch the starters sh- – shit the bed in the third quarter anymore. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's very fair. <clears throat> this is very frustrating. Um, I think you mean something like not 24 minute half, some other minute half, something where we, anything not to watch the starters shit the bed. Yeah. Um, I'm here for it. Um, Haitian Ferg, the starting unit has no identity. Uh, yes, completely agree. The third and fourth quarter was a microcosm of the season so far. Completely agree. Um, tape is out on Julius. Every team plays him like Atlanta. Completely agree. Um, the difference, I think. Here's the 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 thing that's frustrating is Julius hit a lot of tough shots last year. 
He had a lot of tough shots, and he walked into a lot of long twos and hit them like it was nothing. And uh, he's not doing that anymore, um, which I guess is as good a time as any to go back to no, no, only has because then there's no third quarter anymore. Get it? LOL. I get it. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, Ryan. Um, I'm, very, I'm a little slow. A little slow in general. It's also late. Um, so for the question from the regular chat, how long is your leash on Randall? How many games before you start to become concerned? I mean, I'm concerned now because I think what everybody is thinking and what I'm trying not to think is last season kind of came out of nowhere. And it's not like we haven't seen this before. We saw it a few years ago with Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo was a middling player for, um, what was it, four years or five years. I forget if, if he had been in Orlando for three or four. And then he went to Indiana. And he turned into an MVP candidate and an All-NBA player. And they and they pushed Cleveland to, in the first round, really good for seven-game series. He was awesome that year. I actually I, – uh, three lifetimes ago, I covered the Pacers that year for a different blog. And uh, I watched a lot of those games. And it was like that dude was – I mean, I'm just going to say, he was better that year than, than Randall was last year. And then he came back the following season – and he wasn't quite the same player. His shooting percentages dipped. And then he got hurt. And then and now he's obviously never been the same again. But, like, he started off that next season, the first 35, 40 games, whatever it was, um, he was not the same guy. And there just – there haven't been a ton of examples in NBA history of guys who have been, you know, kind of middling but clearly talented players for four, five, six years, whatever it is, and then they turn into – what Julius turned into last year. So we don't have a long track record with this. So yes, I am absolutely concerned. It's all that being said, I'm not going to pull the plug on this after 13 games. I do think, however, and I will say this very strongly, take a sip of beer before I say this. I loved what I saw in the first quarter when they ran the offense through Kemba Walker, because the way the NBA is designed today there's a reason that nobody runs their offense through a center um, other than uh, Denver and occasionally Philly. And and one of them has the, the best passing center of all time. And the other one has a guy who might be the most unstoppable one-on-one force, you know, in the league right now, at least, at least in the post. Um, fucking Carl Anthony Towns has taken like a dozen shots a game in, in Minnesota where, whereas Anthony Davis is uh, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards is, is going crazy. It's just easier to run your offense through a guard. Now, what is Kemba at this point? You know, I don't know. Um, but I liked what I saw in the first quarter and I'd love to see Julius try to be a finisher again, a lot of the time. And then occasionally like, you know, go, go back to, to ISO Julius when, when the situation calls for it. I just don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how, if he can go back to that role. Is he willing to go back to that role? And that's where it gets into like, how strong is your culture? What kind of a leader are you really? Um, are you really willing to do what's best for the team? And that's where I think, and that's where I think the, the toughest conversation comes because for Julius Randle, if he really does think he's one of the best players in the NBA, like, how does he have that conversation with himself? He's convinced that the best way to rescue the Knicks right now is on his shoulders. He is convinced of that. It doesn't make him a bad person or a bad player or a bad anything. It just means he's a, he's a basketball player. He's, he's confident. 
And you know what? He might still be right. And we may all look back at these, this opening part of the season and laugh, but um, there's absolutely validity to, to turning the offense over to somebody else. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Forgotten NYC. Uh, my Knicks fan PTSD is acting up again. Lost five of seven. That's very fair. We're all of it. It's all, it's all of us. It's all of us. I, I, it's the same for me. You know, I, I said, I spoke, I referenced it a few times. I'll reference it again. Um, before the season, all I could think of, 2013-14. It's all I could think of was that year. And how I was so excited going into that year, bargs and all. And, uh, you know, they started three and nine. And I figured once we started off five and one, I'm like, okay, we're good. <coughs> and, you know, I don't, I don't know. What I will say is I do think this, the character of this team is real. I don't think this team is going to win 30 games this year, but there's a reason that I, you know, I, I made my win, win prediction, you know, what, what it, what it was. Uh, Hush Sue, what's going on? Hush, thank you so much for the very generous contribution. Appreciate you. Starters are starting to worry me. RJ might be one of the worst off ball defenders. Good on ball though. He wasn't great on ball tonight because he got beat, uh, at least once that I can remember, but for generally you're hundred percent right. Uh, bench is a godsend. Yes. First time this season, I've been utterly disgusted with Randall and Barrett 76 and six. It is. Um, I'm not utterly disgusted with anyone. I could, I don't think I could be utterly disgusted with anybody on this team because I watched too many years of guys who just didn't give a shit and didn't try at all. and just wanted to get their numbers. Like that's like, if you're, if you're a Knicks fan and you're really feeling the PTSD and you're really like, Holy shit, this is terrible. Think back to some of those years where just nobody gave any semblance of a shit about winning basketball games, like zero. I'm not talking one or two years. That was like 13 or 14 out of the last 20 years where just nobody cared about winning games or doing the things necessary to, to win games. I think this team does care about doing the things necessary to win games, and I do think they want to do the things necessary to win games. I just think they need to figure out what those things are. And um, and for, for Julius, I, I think he does need to, um, you know, reconcile with, with whether – what he thinks is the best way to win games may, may not be the best way. Um, and that's, and that's tough. Uh, Greg film stuff. What's going on, Greg? Thank you again. Uh, not sure why Tibbs went to Randall and RJ late. Again, I said what I said about RJ Randall. I, I just, again, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm more forgiving than most. Uh, they were struggling. And I feel like when they entered the fourth, New York's energy left with OB. I think this is just a rough patch early in the season though. Uh, I hope you're right with that last comment. And I think you really, you nailed something. You know, I'm pushing back on a lot of people who are like, bench Julius, start OB, or OB has to play 20 whatever minutes a game. You know, because I keep obviously saying these same things about Julius, which I'm sure everybody's getting sick of hearing. But it is unmistakable how the energy level, when Julius, is, when sorry, when OB is in the game, and, and when he's not, and let's just say like it is, when Julius is in the game, it's unmistakable. And and I, the, the thing that's frustrating about that is we, we all remember there were times last season where Julius, the energy was on fire with Julius in the game. And there, and there have been moments this year where the energy was high with Julius, but but lately, and this probably goes to your to your last point that maybe it's just a rough patch, lately it's, it's, it is night and day. 
when Obi goes out of the game, it's like he brings so much. And I think Tibbs intellectually knows, well, Obi Toppin's not as good a basketball player as Julius Randle. And he's not. He's not as good a basketball player as Julius Randle. I mean, I don't Julius Randle's struggling right now. He's still better, a better basketball player than Obi Toppin, but sometimes that's not the be all end all. And right now for the Knicks, it's not the be all end all. And, and that's incredibly frustrating. Um Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? How are you? Um, please don't go off on me, but the rotation decisions tonight, uh, normally a Tibbs defender, made me want to throw my chair. I'm going to happily eat my words on Burks, however, was awesome, should not have come out. I mean, I, I'm assuming you're, you're uh, critical of how long he left the starters in, and then the third already said that's a very fair point, and – in terms of when he brought the guys back in late, uh, you know, it was the wrong move because they lost. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I wanted to throw my chair at the time. I didn't want to throw my chair at the time. Like I said, the only one that really was like made me iffy was bringing back RJ because I just I didn't think RJ was bringing anything to the game. And, we, and by the way. So we're clear. I feel like I need to actually say this. We've seen Julius Randle have bad games and come and, you know, make a big shot late. At the same time, he doesn't feel like he's in a place right now where that's possible. Although he did it in Philly, but that was a very different type of game. The off, he was he was trying to find call his number a lot throughout the Philly game. And then the shots just started falling. So, you know, it's a fair comment. Uh, Don Cappuccini. What's going on, Dom? How are you? I am sorry, but since the first two, Evan... Doesn't appear to be a winning player. He looks like an Orlando Magic player. That's mean. Uh, love RJ, but shouldn't have been in the fourth. Yeah, I, I agree with that last comment. As far as Evan, you know what? Look, I, I don't want to go back on um, being happy about the signing because I do still think it was a good signing. I don't know. We haven't really seen a lot of Evan Fournier as the since very early on in his career as the fourth option on a team. He was the first perimeter option in, in Orlando for a lot of years until the trade to Boston. And then we got like a 20 game sample size in Boston. And I'm not really sure what to make of that. Um, I don't know. I think he's just another guy that's still getting adjusted. I don't know if it's not that he's, he's not a winning player, you know, it's tough because, look, I've never as, – as anybody who remembers my reaction to them not trading for him at the deadline last year, I, you, you guys know I've, I've never I've never been a huge Fournier guy, but I thought he would bring the team exactly what they needed. And, like, in some ways he, he has. Like he puts them all on the floor. He can make a shot. He's not making a whole lot of shots right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a fair comment. It's a really fair comment. Um, Jeremy Chase, tough loss. But can I get a cheers for Rose's running baby hook? Oh, I loved it. Derek Rose, man. I, and I, I kind of said it very quickly before. We were having, I think, a text conversation about it uh, earlier in the week about Derek Rose's Hall of Fame chances. And, like, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, so, you, you know, everybody gets in. But, like, I think with this second act of his career, third act of his career, whatever the hell it is, I, I think if, if there were anybody who doubted whether he should get in, he should get in. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he's he's just he's the most he's the best player on the team right now. 
He's arguably the most important player on the team right now. Uh, his attitude, I mean, not even the baby hook. When he uh, when they stole the ball, when he I don't know what he did. He, someone stole the ball from him, and it was a fast break. And that fucking dude sprinted like he was trying to make the JV team in high school. And he made a defensive play, and he he prevented the Hornets from scoring. And this guy has an MVP. He's made you know over whatever two hundred million dollars at this point in his career. Just an utter professional, class act. I said some really mean shit about him, probably privately and publicly, when he was here the first time. Uh, I wish I could take it all back. He is, he is everything you want in a player that you you get to root for. So shout out to Derrick Rose. Um, also, why can't Obi and Julius play together when Charlotte has no big? Yeah, that was. I mean, I haven't said it explicitly, but that was what I was wondering. Instead of bringing RJ in, leave Obi in. Bring Julius in, and then Burks quickly, and uh, you know Kemba or Rose. Obviously, again, it was it probably would have been the better move to leave Rose in there. But what can you do? Okay, um, <clears throat> Tyler Michaels like CT Pittman. I was also at the game. Good stuff, Tyler. Randall looks like he lost his confidence. I think probably. Is Rose hurt? Maybe I missed it. Game swung as soon as he left. I, I, We haven't heard anything that he's hurt. I don't think he is. I just think Tibbs was like, I'm going to give Kemba the chance to finish the storybook. And uh, he did not do that. Ah, this is a really frustrating loss. Still 7-6 and six somehow. This team feels like it's about 4-9. and nine, And they're still 7-6. and six. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, they're an average team. They're, everything about them screams average. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Forgotten NYC, is that Mountain Dew in a beer mug you're sipping on? No, this is uh, – I, I don't want to get up because Andrew will yell at me, but I'll, I'll get the can later. This is somebody my neighbor – some beer my neighbor brought over. Uh, last week, pretty good. I don't really know. I don't even know what it is, but it's good. Goes down easy. Uh, much like the Knicks starters. <laughs> oh, it's the little things in life. Uh, Brian Benjamin. Rose got injured. He had to sub Kemba in. Oh, okay. Well, this is news to me. I did not see it. Um, but if that's the case, then. <coughs> Uh, that's, that's not great. Uh, but it does make you feel a little bit better about the decision. Um, okay. What else we got here? Uh, I, f- I, I feel like that the, uh, the super chat, the, the chat made me miss a few super chats. If that's you just, uh, do me a favor and like send Andrew a message right now and I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Um, hang on. Sorry, I got to stop with my monologues in the beginning, making them so long. Uh, Dom, Cappuccini, back for more. Next week is super critical. If we struggle at 2-2 two and two or worse, we might be in for a rude awakening. Well, next week is – is um, oh, here we go. He turned an ankle on the play before Kemba came in. Nothing reported yet, but I noticed it too. I didn't notice it. I was probably burying my head in my hands at the at the starters coming back in. 
Um, <laughs> Jeremy, I'm going to read your comment in a bit. Um, so next week, let's talk about next week. Uh, next week, the Knicks play. They start off with Indiana. It's three home games. Indiana, home, Orlando, home for our outing. And then Houston, home. Then at Chicago um, on uh, uh, Sunday. And then Lakers, home, Phoenix, home. Here's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on going home and beating Indiana and then beating a shitty Orlando team and then beating a shitty Houston team. And if you get to 10, my, my, my barometer, my, my low bar, my low bar was always the first, ten, first 16 games of the season, 10 and 6. And I said, and I have the text messages to prove this, if they go below 10 and 6 in the first 16 games of the season, this team will be a 500 team, give or take a few games. 44, 45, 43. I said, if they win 11 or 12, they go 12 and four. I'm like, I'm wrong about this team. They have a chance at 50. Even if they won 11, I would have been like, okay, they got something going on here. I said, if they go 10 and six, um, that's the minimum. Nine and seven, I mean, and shit, we shouldn't even guarantee that. I mean, they're right now, I don't even know if they should be favored against Indiana. Um. So, yeah, those three, um, let's worry about those three games and then go from there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Forgotten NYC. I cried in Kevin Knox when Bridges was going on. God, that fucking draft pick. Miles Bridges is going to make an all-star team. Mikal Bridges may not make an all-star team, but he might be better than Bridges in the long The other Mikal might be better than Miles in the long run. I don't know. Well, Miles is going to make an all-star team. Make him make an all-star team this year. Shit. Um, and then, you know, Shea. We love Shea. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. maybe missed a bullet there. <laughs> he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't so much lived up to that max contract. Okay. Robert Cross. John, do you think if we inserted Grimes in the starting lineup for 48 that it would fix anything? No, it would fix everything. No, I do not. Um, we're, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Just, just paid the man $72 million. Thank you for your comment though. Uh, chicken colors for everybody. Aussie Knicks fan. Tough loss. Agreed. Lots of passion turning into frustration from France tonight. I mean, that's New York though. That's, you know, it's what, what we do. Uh, and fair enough. Uh, Obi and IQ are here and we love it. Salute to you and KFS. Thank you so much for the kind words. I don't know that I'm deserving or we are deserving of them, but we appreciate them nonetheless. Here's what I will say as a positive. If we're really going glass, glass half full, this regime has had two drafts and the two guys that they took in their first draft look like guys who we are going to love rooting for for the next 10 years. They look awesome. Obi Toppin, I don't know if he's going to be better long-term than Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know 
even if he's going to be better long-term than, than Devin Vassell. I, I don't know the answers to these questions. What I do know is that dude's a fucking player, and he's an impact player. And Emmanuel Quickly, man, oh boy. I just – he is – he's my new Frank, except he can make a shot. Um, I love me some Emmanuel Quickly. He is just the, – the fucking cojones on that guy. Play for my team any day. I, I He will be the guy that I will be like uh, – there will be some superstar trade, and his name will get mentioned, and I'll be like, eh. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, Hush Zoo. Uh, one more thing. Evan taking less than eight shots a, a game is a concern, too. Thank you so much. Much, 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 much more concerned right now with the fact that Fournier, uh, to use a term from Schwinnipu, who has been using this term to describe Forney, uh, uh, Kemba of late, not tonight, obviously, but a passenger. Fournier has been a passenger. In this offense, Jew's looking to get his shots. Kemba looking to get his shots now. RJ looking to get his shots. Fournier, I'm not saying he should look to get his shots, but, like, you got paid to come here to make an impact. And he's not making an impact right now. He's not. And if you're getting paid $17 million a year, you have to make an impact. He's not making an impact. Um, I love how he was firing away with such confidence early in the year. And I don't know where that went. And I want it back. I don't care if he has an occasional three for 12 game or four for 15 or whatever it is. Just fire away. That's why you're here. Um, he's passing up shots that are just odd. It's odd to watch. Yeah, 100%. Um, brain, brain XTC. The Knicks are what they are. A 41 to 45 win team. You might not be wrong. They're probably a seven or an eight seed. You know, again, in this Eastern Conference, I'm afraid to look up the Fucking standings right now. Should I do it? Let's do this live on the air. Uh, standings right now. The your your New York Knickerbockers at the moment are eighth, tied for seventh with the Raptors, who they lost to. A half a game up on the Hornets, who they just lost to, and the Celtics, who they beat. And they are one game up on the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. And then you got the Pacers and the Hawks. Um, something tells me the Bucks are going to be better. The Celtics, I picked them as the four seed this year. The Hornets, we'll see. The Raptors, we'll see. The Heat, now seven and five all of a sudden. When, when did the fuck did that happen? Um, I think they're going to be fine. Cleveland, again, we'll see. Washington, maybe disrespectful, but at eight and three, we'll see. Um, I, I, I Look, if, you, if I was a betting man right now and you gave me – I had to pick a range and you gave me 41 to 45 or 46 to 49, uh, I'd take 41 to 45 right now. And uh, everybody feel. Please feel free to throw that back in my face. If they win 46 or more games, I will be the happiest person on earth to have that thrown back in my face. Um, let me finish reading this comment. That's not bad for a team without a top 10 player. This is a process. Yeah. I mean, last season, we talked about this. We even talked about this as it was happening last year. You know, last season kind of got us spoiled. It was such a special year. Um, but at the same time, I know the organization 
wants to build on that. The organization had no intention of taking a step back. If they had an intention on taking a step back, they wouldn't sign Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. They wanted to, they wanted to at the very least maintain and hopefully take a step forward. Um, and they have not done that as of, as of right now. <clears throat> um, Hoonsong. What's going on? I haven't seen you in a while. I hope, hope everything's well. Uh, Knicks aren't winning games. They should have. They should, but have shown sparks. Yes, they, they have. Unlike the Hawks, we got new pieces to fit and still above 500, but next week is important. Another week till we trade everyone for Dame. Ha ha. Uh, don't, don't, laugh at your own risk. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to compare ourselves to any other team. Because you could just as easily look at at Washington. Washington got a lot of new pieces. Now, granted, they traded um, a guy who, in my opinion, is one of the more detrimental players in the entire NBA, uh, Russell Westbrook, for three guys or whatever it was. Well, four guys, really, because Dinwiddie, you know, who are just functional, good basketball players that know how to play team ball. Um, They've been great, and Beal hasn't even been that good. So, you know, I mean – their scoring margin is is solid. Uh, you know, Bulls have a lot of new pieces. Bulls are pretty good. Uh, I'd look. I'd love to give the Knicks a pass. I'd love to give the Knicks a pass, but they're just not playing very well right now. I do think this has something to do with the the new pieces for sure. But you know, you know when a team's not playing well, they're obviously not playing well. The starters are just they're not good right now. Um, you know, they're not like bottom of the league bad, but they're not like I'll say this. This does not remind me of like 2016, 17, the first Derrick Rose year when they started off uh, 17 and 14, 17 and 13, something like that. And then it all fell apart like that, that kind of when they were winning games that felt like fool's gold. And then it all came apart when this, this team to me, they're, they're the success and the, and the good moments they've shown have not felt like fool's gold to me. But it does. But there's clearly something missing, and it's unclear if whatever's missing if they're definitely going to figure it out. Um, but but I you know I remain hopeful. I'll say that. Okay. Um, yeah. Good comment from uh, Andrew Claudio. Shout out to Andrew. The new pieces argument would be much more fair if it wasn't RJ and Randall that have been the most worrisome lately. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to push back on my producer. Um, I think, I think the comment about Fournier, a few, a few super chats ago about him being passive to me, that's, that's almost as worrisome as anything RJ and Randall have done, you know, and, and Kemba had a great night tonight. The previous four games, he shot, you know, 22% from the field or whatever it was and, and scored, you know, 19 points total. They're all, it's all worrisome. It's all worrisome with the starters right now. Um, to say nothing of Mitch, who still doesn't look quite right. Um, so yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that's all I got. Uh, thanks everybody for checking it out, and uh, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed themselves. Another frustrating evening, but um, again, we had a lot of frustrating evenings at the beginning of last season, and uh, came out all right. Um, I am, I, I am not convinced that we cannot do the same thing this year. Uh, even though it doesn't feel like it right now. 
Uh, this team is more talented. They just have to figure out how to play basketball together. And they haven't done that yet. Uh, but no time like the next game to get it started. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, as a reminder, uh, no live stream next Wednesday because that's our KFS outing. But we will have a live stream on Monday after the game. And uh, we will see you for, of course, a podcast, uh, our usual Monday midnight uh, drop. In the meantime, everybody have a great weekend and uh, shout out to everybody. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.